OCA Asia Town Voice is an hour-long non-profit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We are on every Sunday at 7 to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides an inside look at the Asian Pacific Americans community and their culture, education, and their events going on in Northeast Ohio. Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that listeners will enjoy our program and give support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. Your hosts today are, uh, starting with me, Ken Uehara, uh, ghost host Johnny Wu, and Lisa Wong. Hi. <laughs> hello, hello. Hey, hello. How's everyone doing? Pretty good. Happy New Year. That's right. Yeah, This would be the second show of the New Year. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. Might have more, too. <laughs> well, we are... This oh, is going to be the, show of the new year. Yeah, and this yeah. is the opening uh, before the Chinese New Year is coming up. That's right. We are talking about the Lunar New Year, as, um, and that's something that I wanted to know a little bit more about because, uh, interestingly enough, I know uh, a pitiful amount of it. I know very little of uh, of what what is celebrated, how it's celebrated, actually, even when the specific date is. I know that it comes and it goes. Um, I haven't really kept much track of it, but uh, perhaps there are listeners out there very much like myself who um, would like to know a little bit more as well, or at least would be able to hold up uh, any a uh, little bit of a conversation should they be presented with something of this topic. Uh, I guess right. Lisa, you can go ahead and talk about this. <laughs> uh, okay, a little bit. Uh, Lunar New Year is um, how it's more known now. It used to be more well-known as Chinese New Year because the Chinese community in the United States um, celebrate this. But actually, a lot of other Asian countries do celebrate um, Lunar New Year. And it's quite, it's probably the largest, um, biggest holiday celebration in Asian countries outside of the United States. In the United States, you'll probably hear people referring it as the Chinese New Year, which is the same day. It's based on the moon. So it's okay. different every year because the calendar is slightly different. Uh, but if you look at a Chinese calendar, is how I figure out the date. Or now you can just type it into Google and say, like, Lunar New Year 2016, and it'll give you the date. <laughs> so it, this year is uh, February 8th. February 8th, okay. And this is the year of the monkeys. Yes. There's a 12 zodiac um, animal, Chinese zodiac, that, that every year is a different animal. Yep. And this year is the year of the monkey. So uh, just for the listener to have some idea, um, I just Google out a page about uh, year of the monkey. Lucky number is four and nine. Lucky days is 14, which is happened to be Valentine's Day. In the 28th, uh, color, lucky color is light blue and gold. Hmm. I think gold is always a good color, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Red and gold. Yeah. yeah. But interesting enough, for this year, white is actually a lucky color, so kind of interesting. Oh. Um, Flower-wise, cherry suntanum, what the heck? I have no idea what that is, and crepe <laughs> my t myrtle. Lucky huh. direction, north, northwest, west. So we good. <laughs> right. You just keep walking that way if you're ever lost. <laughs> so we can go to Canada, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, lucky month is Chinese lunar, lunar month 8 and 12. So now that's interesting. What what does that mean, lunar year 8 and 12? I guess... The eighth month, according to the Chinese calendar. Yeah, I was just thinking February eighth, uh, but the twelfth comes up uh, as a separate. Yeah, it's a little different. I think I think in the Chinese calendar, there's also sometimes there's an extra month in there, so I'm not sure how that works. I just look at the Chinese calendar, and that's it. <laughs> so apparently, for fortune wise, if anybody is uh, interested about knowing what's what's for year of the monkey. Uh, Great unexpected fortune will come its way to monkeys in 2016. So if you were born the year of the monkey, uh, this is really, really, really a good year, I guess, for money-wise. Maybe you get a lot of tax refund. Who knows? 
Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hear but, the monkey is uh, always very, um, since they're very, they're known for their cleverness and intelligence. Um, they're also good in with money and uh, their career, I hear. Yeah, yeah. It says here too. Um, not very good for, although they say you're of health risk for especially traffic accident. So I guess oh. <laughs> should not drive. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch that bank account. Don't drive. <laughs> um, anybody who's born the year the monkey would be the year 1944, 1956, 1968, 1980, 1992, 2004, 2016. So that will give you some idea what you, uh, you classify for the year of the monkey. Okay. Now, what kind of uh, celebration, um, like traditionally or uh, what would we be looking at for celebrating the new uh, the Lunar New Year? Like, would it involve it involves fireworks as well, right? Like, like we would usher in the New Year um, uh, for January first. Yes, I think so. And um, firecrackers, you know, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Well, usually, what we uh, in my family tradition in the past when I was still in Taiwan, we would go to a uh, ancestor graves and clean them up uh, a day or two days before and then the day off we wake up early in the morning and wish our parents happy new year and bow to them they sit there and then they give you a little red envelope hongbao. and on the inside of red envelopes usually uh, have money in it uh, the the cool thing about it is because you're young you're so much eager to go all over the places and say to everybody happy new year and then they give you a red envelope <laughs> So the tradition stops. Yeah, <laughs> tradition stop mm. once you get married. So as long as you're single, you still can collect money. So at my age, I still be able to go out and collect money, I guess. <laughs> oh, uh, nice. well, you'd be like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I might give you looks. Usually, children ask that, and, <laughs> and I, th I think you're, as a grown up, you you can't like not give them anything because that would look bad on you right. or be unlucky. But you don't if want you to can't. ask. It's, it's a kind of awkward for all the people to, you know, adults to ask for money. Like, <laughs> what are you poor or something? <laughs> right. but, um, well, in the U.S., I think um, the you usually do that with your family, and so the younger's um, children, youth, would, um, you know, say a New Year's greeting to their parents, their elders, um, and then I think if I think that the thing is, if you're given an envelope and you're single by an elder and you're an adult child, it means hurry up and get married is what they're trying to tell you. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Have you heard of that one? No, I did not. Uh, oh. Since my, oh. my celebration mostly in, in Asia, uh, <laughs> in Taiwan, so it's a little bit different. Oh. Yeah, so that's that's just a. But you know, in, I used to in, in Taiwan, basically speaking, you you still mama's boy until you get married. Even you actually you you, the the saying is if you move out of the house, then you you no longer you you you're independent. But as long as you live with the parents, then you're always going to be the family kid, and they're always going to give you red envelopes until you, <laughs> until the day you die. You're always kid, yeah, and you're, yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a good incentive to remain with your family then to yeah. live with parents. <laughs> and, and from my understanding, that is the culture. That is the culture. Most people do, you know, stay with their parents until they're married. And interesting in enough, you know, I, I've been reading a lot of recently in the U.S., lots of uh, uh, teenagers and adult, uh, 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 grown up have been moving back to the family because uh, first it's cheaper, so they don't have to pay rent and, and mm -hmm. bills and such. The second is to take care of their elders. So I, I think maybe the culture has changed and where uh, the understanding of diversity has changed a little bit where people are actually learning the good things about each culture and, 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 and make it work for their own family, which is kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of good. Yeah. Um, in my family, the thing I always remember when I was a kid was the, day, the night before, my father would sneak into our rooms and give us apple, a very, very nice, huge-sized apple. Um, and then when you wake up in the morning, you smell the apple and you feel very energized and all excited and you know it, it's kind of in a way of uh, protecting you and giving you a good luck starting the new year 
The other thing I remember was we all had to buy new clothes. Everything in your body, you had to wear everything new to so, start New Year. And leading up to New Year's Day, I think there's a lot of things that people do in preparation for mm -hmm. that right. some people consider the start of the holiday. Yeah, people do spring cleaning kind of thing, you know, like take, you know, get rid of the old, bring in the new, prepare all your shopping, your, you know, get your groceries, clean your house, um, getting, getting, you know, pay your debts just so that you clear your slate before the new year. Right, right. So those are things that you do beforehand. And, and obviously in Cleveland, um, we're going to have a lot of different celebrations throughout the whole Lunar New Year celebrate, uh, time frame. I think it's like a oh. week before all the way to this, the end of the month or 17th of the month. I think for 15 days. Yeah. I hear some, some in Asia, I've heard like three days is like a, what they give people off legally or they have like a seven days sometimes. And then sometimes ten days, but I think it's, the celebration can be as long as fifteen days. I heard, each day I heard up to thirty day. days. <laughs> well, yeah, you could do that. I mean, maybe kids still collect apples up to thirty days. Right, right. <laughs> People just had to work well, for thirty have... days. I'd be so happy. <laughs> well, they do have longer vacations at that time in Asia, but I think yeah. in the U.S., it's you know, you do what you have to do. I remember like one time, like having to wake up because family meals are very important, right? You know, closing the old year, opening the new year, you have to eat together as a, as a family. And I remember my dad working second shift or something. And we had to like wake up at like the crack of dawn to eat dinner wow. because it's the only time that the whole family's together. So wow. we were like, we woke up, we we're like rubbing our eyes. Like, why is there food on the table? <laughs> we're not hungry. And, and, like, we, we, and we're not talking about one one meal. We're talking about the whole ten course kind of meal, right? Right. I mean, the whole table. It's like Thanksgiving. It's basically that's how much food you have on the table. You know, you have duck, chicken. I think there's a certain number, minimum number that you have to have on the table. Right. You have to have all kinds of meats on the table, all kinds of vegetables, good luck symbol, symbolic foods like. Um, long noodles and fish, um, mushrooms, things, anything that, you know. Yeah, so lucky. I'm actually just Google about common Chinese New Year food that they eat during the Chinese New Year. Um, uh -huh. Fish is very important. It's got the basically in Chinese culture would be nian nian you yu, means that you can have abundance every year. Uh-huh. Uh, dumplings because dumplings have shape as a Chinese coin, a Chinese um, it's a coin, Chinese money. So you eat that, what you call the jiaozi. Um, oh, the Chinese, the history of Chinese dumpling has more than eighteen hundred years history. Wow, <laughs> I did not know that. Just now, I just learned it, especially in North China. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, spring rolls. Ah, I love those. It's a dish very popular in East China. Um, it's, a, it's a Cantonese dim sum part. Nian gao. The, it's a rice cake. Right. Getting higher year on by year. So you get, you get nian gao, then you, you symbolize getting higher year on by year. Oh, I didn't know that either. Rice ball. Sweet rice ball. Tang yuan. They eat it throughout to help have sweet family and being together. Mm -hmm. uh, noodles, right? Uh, longevity noodles basically means that you live forever. <laughs> <laughs> Long life. <laughs> and of course, you have to have fruit. Any certain type of fruit they eat, it's a good luck. Apple, orange, um, pomelo. Yeah, pomelos. I think those are those giant grapefruit type fruits, right? Yeah. Tangerine, they're actually very good. I like so, that uh, yeah. every uh, every food item has uh, a deeper meaning behind it. Like this item would have good luck. This means more of a longevity. Um, so that's is more interesting than... I suppose we, when we were comparing this to Thanksgiving, it's like, why do we have turkey? It's like, oh, because 
because they had turkey <laughs> so many years ago. So we're doing the same thing, kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to read more about other other dishes, and I guess that's about it. I didn't know about spring roll that you eat it in the new year. Yeah, that's oh, that means that like tons of gold. Because they look like gold bars. <laughs> okay. Anything that's shaped like gold bars, gold nuggets, yeah. um, anything that sounds like money, you know, rhymes with money, or <laughs> those are good luck symbols. Symbo Chinese are very symbolic in that way. So just like the language, you know, the, each character means something. You know, it's a symbol for something, not necessarily like spelling out something, but everything is is a symbol for something. So they're very, everything's very symbolic. Yeah. And actually, actually interesting about this, I learned about, um, this, uh, I didn't know about it. Apparently with Chinese dumplings, you want to arrange them in lines instead of, of circles. Because circles of dumplings are supposed to mean one life will go round in circles. Never, never going anywhere. That I didn't know, so we should probably tell the Russian not to put their, not to serve you dumplings in, um, in circles. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, like that—that's all I've received them in. Like, yeah. Well, plate. well, the the thing they call like hagao. Yeah. Um, when my mom makes them, you know, she folds lines in them, so they look they're like pierogies with folds in them that are like right. lines. So okay. it, that's how our dumplings are made. But in the restaurant, sometimes they look like balls, yeah. But if you look at them closely, there might you might see one or two folds in them. Oh, no, right. no. They're talking about the way that you, you line them up. Line them up? Yeah, okay. you have to line them in, in, in a straight line, not in circle. So when they serve you the dish, the dumplings should not be lined in circles. Oh, so all the dim sum bo uh, circular bowls or plates they give us are not. It means that your life is running in yeah. circles. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they mean the restaurants want you to keep coming back. Right. Possibly, yes. That's probably it. <laughs> it's a circular motion. It's a habit. Well, you did mention that there are there will probably be events leading up to this. So you're, are you talking about like public events? Um, um, like out about well, it in town? As lots of celebrations happen like after the Lunar New Year, um, mm -hmm. sometimes the weekend before only because that's when people have to do their shopping and they're out and about and they okay. want to do something like, well, see, the family might be preparing the foods, but then say young people, young adults might be looking for other things to do to hang out with their friends because there's a time for like family gatherings, reunions, and, you know, children who've moved away might come back home and they might hang out with their childhood friends. So they'll like get together. Um, and things like that. The preparation we're talking about, like, it's just, you know, preparing your home, preparing your clothes, preparing your foods, you know, th okay. those kind of preparations. But there are a lot of activities, um, you know, right around the week of the Lunar New Year, whether it's saves the Lunar New Year, because, like in the U.S., because it's in, on a weekday, you wouldn't want to celebrate it the weekend before or mm -hmm. the weekend closest to. Or both weekends. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, that makes sense. So I guess uh, used to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's that's really what I was going for. <laughs> where where are the parties at, Lisa? That's uh, yeah. <laughs> where, where can we? Well, uh... well, each of the Chinese school has their own celebration. So in the Greater Cleveland area, there's um, about four Chinese schools, like Westlake Chinese School, Solon, Great Wall, and the Chinese Academy of Cleveland. Each of them, I'm sure, will have their own celebration and they'll probably be posted on their own websites. As soon as we find out about them, we'll put them on our website. Currently, we, ha we have a few um, activities listed on the OCHUC website. Um, mainly, they are the Quan Lion Dance performances at Liwa and Kingwa. So that's what we have so far confirmed. Um, so if you look on the Liwa Facebook page or the Asia Plaza Facebook page or OCA uh, website, OCHEC.org, you'll find a listing. I think most of them are happening at Liwa at 7 o'clock on New Year's Day, the 8th, okay. the 9th, the 12th is a Friday, 13th, 14th, I think is uh, are the dates we have so far. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, I'm sure there'll be more added later. We just don't have them yet. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally forgot about the lion dance. So that's something that's uh, associated with the Lunar New Year as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, that's that's really cool. Have you seen that? I've uh I've seen the uh the lion dance um in different places like in different contexts, but it's been so long. Like it's been so many years. I guess I must have been um at a a Chinatown somewhere when I've seen it or, or uh, I don't know, but uh yeah, I, I do remember it being like really a great thing. I think uh, uh I think I've even seen one at a at a wedding as well, like a wedding reception. Maybe uh, actually they're yeah. becoming more popular, and a lot of people are requesting um, lion dance at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> they they see it and they think it's cool, and they hey, we want that too. Yeah, but <laughs> in Cleveland, we you know we have a we actually have a lion dance team that's been around for like almost forty years, about forty Uh-oh. years. So now, it's this family called Quan family, and they do uh, the lion dance in Cleveland. They're very good. Okay. So, so does, um, that, does that mean like every member of the lion dance team is over 40 years old, or are they just bringing no. in? No. <laughs> no. So um, it started with uh, three brothers um, and their sister as the core team, and then, you know, spouses children um they've been passing it down good friends <laughs> become a part of that team so they they you know the leader of the group um the main core group of the you know is the family and you know they've been practicing since they were children you know they've been learning this art since they were children they've been performing all this time so now they're also trained you'll see sometimes you'll see a big dragon uh, lion and then a little lion because they're you know it's a lion in training it's very cute oh. so um, okay. in Cleveland the Quan lion dance is very well known and very popular so you might I think they they do up to 40 performances I think at one of this past few years they've been doing um, quite a few of them. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's something to check into. I guess with uh, with listeners for upcoming episodes, we can um, start to talk a little bit more about the specifics of what we're preparing for for the uh, Lunar New Year. Like maybe every week, I can ask you if you've uh, <laughs> if you've done your spring cleaning or if you've paid off your debts already. <laughs> that'll be a running. Uh, that'll be a running okay. thing all the way up until. Uh, until the 8th. Oh, yeah. uh, one thing I, I did want to bring up, though, um, before we get too far ahead, because the uh, Lunar New Year's uh, in, in February, uh, one thing I did want to bring up was something that just occurred already, which is still, it's still the new year. I think we can still talk about this as uh, it being uh, fresh, as a fresh start. So people are coming up with their resolutions. And um, I know, Lisa, uh, we were talking about uh, the OCAGC's project uh, for rays, and perhaps you can tell yes. me a little bit about that and how that w- might fit in well with uh, people's New Year's resolutions. Right. Well, Project Rays um, is this—it's actually a national program called Reach, I believe, and in in the Ohio, it's called or a Cleveland area, it's called Project Rays. Rays meaning reaching Asian Americans through in innovative and supportive engagement. Um, what they did was um, Asian Services in Action, the local social service agency, um, they have they've partnered with many um, ethnic Asian language groups, uh, refugee groups, and um, some community groups like St. Clair Superior Development Corporation to um, put on um, programs that encourage healthy eating and active living. I believe last year was more focused on um, healthy foods, you know, whereas last past uh, two or three years, OCA has been putting on food safety um, certification classes where restaurant owners and restaurant workers or just anybody who want to learn more about food safety um, could take. We usually do that once a year. I mean, you can't have healthy food without it being safe, right? So. Right. 
that's what we did um, in the past. And this year, we're focusing on, on physical activity, being, you know, staying active, being healthy, um, mm-hmm. being fit. You know, you know, even with even though Asians are typically um, not overweight, I think there's a growing trend with, um, you know, they are picking up bad habits, um, maybe mm-hmm. eating foods that they're accustomed to, or there's more right. junk food available. And yeah, there's you know. always that. Uh, yeah. The temptation of junk food available. It's uh, yeah. It, uh, although some some cultures uh, have it better than others, uh, weight wise and health wise, um, that's uh, especially if you're living uh, in the states, that is quickly becoming the average where uh, people are tending to become more overweight or just not eating quite as well. So I think that is that is a good idea to to start that up with the healthy eating, active living. Right. Yeah. Um, so what uh, what can we look forward to if with uh, with OCA's involvement on um, unhealthy eating and active living? Like, what can we like? Are there <laughs> going to be are there going to be events or um, are, is there like an educational series? Combination um, of everything, actually. Um, we do. We found a Tai Chi um, where people can practice free Tai Chi at Asian Town Center. So there's a an herbal store in Asian Town Center on East 38th Street between Superior and St. Clair. Um, this herbal store, you know, every Sunday from 3.30 to 5 o'clock, they, they do Tai Chi. So any, and it's free. Anyone can just, you know, show up and join in. You know, I think each session is like six minutes long and they repeat it throughout that time frame. There's some people have been doing it for years. Um, there's new people coming in. Sometimes the people who are more familiar with it help the new people with it. But, I mean, it's something that um, is an easy um, exercise to start. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's low intensity, you know. And even though it looks very peaceful it is it's a peaceful kind of thing i tai chi <laughs> but it's, it's ex- actually exercise yeah no and, but they did but they tell me that if you're doing it right you will sweat you know oh. huh. because you're using your energy your i think mm. something about your chi i don't know maybe johnny could explain more about that i don't it's not really you know it, it's a form of martial arts mm-hmm. tai chi yeah. Yes, it's oh, a yes. it's a form of martial art. It's called internal system. In basic speaking, uh, you learn uh, the, how to ge- create more internal chi power compared to all the external uh, martial artists. Uh, it's basically the same thing as external, but they focus more on the internal aspect than the the hard punches or hard um, uh, kicking of it. Mm. Uh, and I think for me, um, I I did a bit of Tai Chi as well. Like I learned a little bit, and I had um, uh, someone who was uh, teaching the class and describing like the fundamentals of what Tai Chi brings to you health wise. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know a little bit about that, Johnny? In terms of uh... in 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 reality, both martial arts, the external, which is karate or kung fu or anything else, mm-hmm. and the internal, they all <laughs> beneficially speaking will help internal uh, health wise. The only difference is, the uh, from my perspective, is the hardcore martial arts system, which is the external martial arts, uh, because of the kicking and punching, you have a tendency to break your bones quicker than you doing the internal Tai Chi or mm. internal Kung Fu. Internal Kung Fu have Tai Chi, Ba Gua, Xing Yi. Those are three major systems. Um, came all the way from Taoism and de- developed from there all the way through now. Uh, the health aspect it's more imp- more uh, it's much more increased in the sense of the people who does in uh, tai chi had the tendency to be much more calmer than the external martial artists just because they don't have to physically speaking hit something hard uh, everything is about building internal outward whereas the other one is external inward so mm. uh, the development of health wise they both have 
the beneficial, they're both working achieve. The only difference is one achieve quicker by you doing internal outward, the other one is external inward. Mm, I see. I think um... which is why a lot of people once they learn hard uh, hardcore or hard uh, external martial art they always want to go to tai chi or internal because they came they don't want to get hurt anymore or break a bone so it doesn't work. <laughs> which right. which is why you see a lot more elders doing internal martial artists than than that so but right. the principle is the same uh wing chun for example is a combination of external and internal but it's more focused in in more external, in, in, a little bit more external than internal because it's more about that uh, in, in, in a sense of tr conditioning your body to, to understand how it works for fighting wise. But ultimately, it's still the same thing to build. Um, uh, the internal wise, internal martial like Tai Chi, they build fight, they based on in, uh, Tai Chi, Pa Kwa Xin Yu are based on five elements. The, the earth, wind, water, wood, and fire. Mm -hmm. So those five elements are part of a certain part of your body. Um, they, they classify that in certain, and, and then the, the whole idea is to connecting the yin and yang of your body, make the chi flow in circle while you do the internal martial arts system, and then you can build the circle and build the energy and become a better living person. Yeah, just so that you can have that chi flowing exactly. a little bit better, the energy flowing in your body. Right. Um, I know... Uh, at least when I was doing the Tai Chi for that little bit of time, I noticed that um, it helped with my balance quite a bit as well, where a mm -hmm. lot of the fundamentals were something about just having that strong grounding, like that, that strong footing, making right. sure that your body is not out of balance at any point in time. So, so yeah, uh, that applies to also the external martial arts. And mm -hmm. the, the one of the saying is the, the, when they tell you to do horse stance or any different stance, they want you to do it right. And, what in Chinese culture is the lower you get closer to the ground, the more chi energy you can absorb. All oh, right, right. So that's how how they explain it, and um, that's the reason why the horse stances, the bow stance, the cast stance, or any other four six stances that you see in martial art, either internal or external, they always try to get low because of that perspective. Mm -hmm. And to also do to always imagine yourself that when you're doing all the te uh, uh, movements. Tai Chi, Xin Yi, Ba Gua, Kung Fu, Karate, whatsoever. You want to always imagine that you're actually absorbing the energy throughout the whole area of you. Right, and you want to be con constantly doing that, right? Like right? The more you can do that, the better it will be for yourself. Yeah. I see. So you did mention that um, people uh, who, do get, who do become more elderly tend to move toward Tai Chi, but it's not necessarily for elderly folk, right? No, like it's, actually... It could be all yeah, it's for everybody. And and I would say that if you start young with, with internal style, you should stick around with that through the day you die. If you start young in the external style, then you should stick with that beginning. But once you feel like you don't want to break your bones or get hurt anymore, then you, you should move into the other style. Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. And just to kind of like expand a little bit, but then have that fundamental. Right. So... The fundamental is always there for both, either one. You just have to you just have to decide which one you really like. And in martial art, it's part of life. So when you do that, you have to do it every day until the day you die. Otherwise, you don't. You have to go back to the basic, mm. which is all the this difficult stance, everything else. Yeah, that's almost like like any other uh, exercise that you're doing, where you could uh, just miss out for a week or two weeks, and suddenly you've lost so much. Uh, so much traction. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And, there, and, and also, there's also other internal system where actually only, uh, only, their only job is to build energy or build qi. It's called qigong. Qigong exercises are basically speaking um, based on the five elements and the bagua, xin yi, uh, tai chi perspective, yin yang, and have no form. They basically just tell you the standard and imagine you're holding a ball or imagine you're uh, moving the ball, releasing, or you're moving your body, but have no applic uh, martial application whatsoever. And wow. believe it or not, Qi, Bagua, Tai Chi, they do have martial art fighting applications on it. You just don't, uh, it's not being used very often or talked about very often. Okay. Okay, so I started this beginner Tai Chi thing, and the way they explain to me is like you say, tell you to pretend like you're holding a ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a yeah. lot of the movements are round, like yeah. so. It's 
circular. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And I know that I know um, a lot of elderly people who do this every morning, you know, whether it's for meditative reasons or just for balance or just for stretching. Um, and in the herbal store, they promote um, that this Tai Chi is good to enhance body-mind harmony, improve mm. internal energy levels, improve muscle strength, endurance, reduce back pain, reduce stress, and slow down the aging process. I, and I think that's what makes it more um, desirable by seniors or right. older people. Yeah. And so, they also, you know, in, in China, you will see more people doing Tai Chi, Xing Yi Ba Gua, or uh, Qigong exercises. And, and you know, they'll, they always help to help learn, help continue. See, the, the, the concept is very simple. It's basically being understanding how you breathe. The more you understand how you breathe, the more you can control your Qi. The more you can control your Qi, the more relaxed you become. And obviously, you can live a little bit longer than usual. So, Johnny, can we ask, like, um, how would practicing Tai Chi in a group versus doing it by yourself, how, is there a difference, do you think, that's more beneficial and to do it as a group? The Taoism of the, of the saying of when you practice Tai Chi together, you are actually absorbing every other's energies to control, to help you advance for, further. Like I oh. mentioned before. Remember that we talked about before that you want to be closer to the earth, to the ground, so you can absorb the mm -hmm. earth energy. So the principle is the same. If you practice Tai Chi around it with, together, you have, let's say, two Tai Chi people practicing. Each one of them can provide their own Chi. And then when they become harmony, harmonized together, then the build, they help each other grow quicker. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I can see that. It's a more, especially for yeah, beginners. Yeah, and so... But make sure you don't practice, you know, under a light bulb because then you you feel like you're getting all the chi power, but yet actually it was a heat from the light. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, just on that same thought too, um, it's really good, especially Lisa, that you're saying um, there are some more veteran Tai Chi uh, like practitioners who could, who sometimes would help the beginners. Um, and right. I think that's, that's really important because you can always see someone else doing Tai Chi and then try to mimic the movements. But if you're not understanding like what the fundamental nature of that movement is or like what you might be doing wrong, then you could just be like uh, just sort of wasting your energy and not really doing the right movements. It's similar to yoga where you could try to mimic the movements. But if there's an external person looking at you and seeing like, what movements you're doing right and what movements you could improve on, um, then you won't really get to that level or, uh, or be doing things quite as, uh, I guess, correctly or, or not as quickly. Right, right. And it was interesting. I've been to some of these classes and I've noticed um, there are people who say it come and they do it and they said they used to do it in China, but they haven't done it since they've been in the States. So mm. this is a good way for others to get back into the swing of things and, you know, yeah. practice with um, this group. And this is just, you know, people from the neighborhood, people from outside the neighborhood. I mean, just, you know, some this I think this uh, group has been practicing Tai Chi at Asian Town Center since that herbal store opened. I think what in um, Asian Town Center must have opened in, was it 2010? about mm. and and it's been practicing it's been doing uh this every sunday since i believe so and i think yeah. um you know we just found out about it not too long ago and so oca is helping them to you know get the word out build the community up so um there'd be um you know something in the area that everyone will be able to participate in because I, I've, I've heard many years ago there were other Tai Chi sessions in the area um, mm -hmm. but due to um, some safety concerns at that time people stopped gathering and so OCA were trying to um, help build up the community and to you know 
build up this form of activity so that we can get this going again and maybe someday we'll have more sessions like this is only once a week and you really should be doing it a couple of times mm. a day a week um, a week or you know every morning if possible so we're hoping to um build up um the like community a little bit. so that we can have yeah. more sessions and yeah and here, here's another another tidbit do you know why most people do tai chi so early in the morning or so later in the evening no because no. of the condensation of the water and on the ground so it, mm. it make the the ground very fresh and that will help you in tai chi in the sense of absorbing that energy to your body mm. so pressing it maybe outside in the morning dew you're saying yes, morning dew. that's why people like to do it in six o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning wow yeah um oh, seven o'clock also eight o'clock is already too late and then the other <laughs> thing also is you have to have your back your supposedly um in internal tai chi internal martial art your back is supposed to face the sun your back faces the sun okay okay wow so i suppose i can't just throw water on the ground and uh pretend that it's <laughs> no you cannot do that no. <laughs> <laughs> uh well yeah that, that early might not be working well for me but uh, uh i mean it's a resolution to to start out and for this one, it's uh, it's a lot easier because it's at three to uh, three thirty to five, right? So I think it's right. a lot and more encompassing for the community. Yeah, and inside Asian Town Center, so um, any kind of weather, you know, right. you're sort of. I mean, it may not be the warmest in the winter, but at least it's you know, indoors, um, dry ground. <laughs> yeah. So. For yeah. listeners out there who are, are thinking about it, thinking about how to build more of that healthy lifestyle, uh, both uh, physically and and mentally, uh, Tai Chi does sound like a really good way to go. Um, I think I'd, uh, I'll be checking it out very shortly as well. So maybe I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah. yeah try our Tai and, Chi. Okay. And then if for those who want a little bit more physical activity, um, OCA does have a dragon dance team and where we members get together and um, do more than your typical Tai Chi stuff. Um, we do start off with uh, stretches um, and then we do the dragon dance. And, and yes, so even, doing we'll have... drag, even doing dragon dance, you are creating your, your you're building the energy to help yourself. Mm. Yes. Very uh, physical activity. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a it's a physical. So everything you do in sport will create your build your chi. The internal martial arts system it, it accelerate the, the the train the the absorbent quicker than the external ones. Oh, okay. So it's good to do a combination of both. Yeah, physical and the tai chi. Right. So a, a good martial artist should know both sides, so they can always build externally to be the to fight and internally to be the build and grow. Mm -hmm. And obviously, in, in in Chinese martial arts novels, is when you have good chi, you can do a uh, you can wave your hands or somebody can fly backwards. But that's only in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so that's not an ideal to uh, to work toward. You can't really. You can try, but I have never, <laughs> I have yet to meet any martial artist masters or grandmaster that can actually do that. Nor there is anybody in the recorded history can actually wave their hands <laughs> and make you fall backwards. A lot of fake ones, but not a lot of real ones. Oh, oh, that that's a shame. <laughs> it's like you just told me that Santa Claus doesn't exist. <laughs> it, it does exist in spirit, but this is a little different. This is that this doesn't even exist in spirit. It's only movies. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Mm. Mm. That's okay. okay. We can enjoy it on uh, the big screen then. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in the meantime, for everyone else, um, you can become a member of OCA and dragon join the dragon dance team. Or I think we have classes for about forty dollars for uh, a session. Or, um, I don't know if it's an eight week session, but they'll start up soon. Not sure when, but we'll start up soon. And you'll hear about that on our Facebook page or Twitter or our website. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just kind of keep, uh, 
keep updated on that through OCA, the Dragon Dance. Yeah, yeah, you could join, Ken. You're my yeah, Okay, so this is going to sound very, <laughs> very ignorant of me. So how will that be, the Dragon Dance, is that, uh, is that similar to the Lion Dance at all? No. Or is um, it a completely different yeah. thing? <laughs> Uh, a lot of people confuse the dragon. Uh, I'm sorry. A lot of people confuse the lion dance as a dragon, lion dance. But they both are uh, used for the same thing to ward off a uh, bad spirit to 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 become festive. The dragon, however, is at least seven people manning a costume, uh, a, a body shape dragon, whereas the lion is only two people. Oh, okay. So that's the difference. Yeah. Oh. Just a number of people there. Yeah. But right. everybody always so, call it a dragon for the when it's supposed to be a lion. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah, that's a common I guess dragon is a more people tend to think of a dragon more. So when they see the lion, sometimes they just assume it's the dragon, but it's not. And then when you know they're asking about the dragon, they might you know more people confuse the lion for a dragon. Yeah. Um, okay. But the lion dance team, they, they, even though there's two people performing, they have a large team where they, you know, do substitutions so that they're not too tired. That's how they can like last for 45 minutes. <laughs> right, right. You no. Know? So okay. it, that's very labor intensive too. I've seen that. Mm -hmm. So with a dragon dance, uh, it would be quite a, a coordinated effort um, where everyone is sort of like in a line doing the same same style of movement, like moving together, synchronized. Yes. That, that's how yeah. I'm so imagining it. Yeah. So that's why it's like a team. It's like a, it's, it's a team sport, but it's fun. And it's, you know, for educational purposes, you know, physical activity, as well as, you know, team building. So um, a lot of coordination, a lot of um, working together. Um, a lot of creativity there. I'm working on the moves. So it's it's quite fun. You should try it. You know. Yeah, a lot yeah. a lot of workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm too old for that. <laughs> Running around and be so tired, and exhausted. <laughs> yeah. we, even though the session, our practice sessions might be like two hours, we start with like, you know, review and warm up exercises. You know, stretch a lot of stretching. Okay. You know, Tashaka Brown used to lead the stretches, and you know he'll work you with yeah. just the stretches alone. <laughs> oh boy! And then John Cosma, he leads us with the Tai Chi, and you know that's good too. But the the, the stretches that Tashaka makes us do is quite challenging. <laughs> so you're already tired out before uh, before you get into the actual activity from all your stretching. Well, yeah. the stretching is good to so prevent um, yourself from having any, you know, pulled muscles or anything like that. But, right. but I mean, it's it's great. I mean, I I think we had um one gentleman. He was an elderly gentleman, and um he was able to pick up some some stretches that will help with his back. Mm. You know, just you know, in regular activities. So, and then anyone can. If anyone sees us practicing, anyone can join in the exercises, you know. So those those are open for everyone. Oh, Sometimes okay. we practice, we get like an audience that watches, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, is there, um, so this is a, a multi-week course. You said, it, was it an eight-week course? Um, yeah, it's just, at first when we advertise it, you know, we'll just do maybe like eight weeks straight. Um, but sometimes we might do it based upon availability or we're for practicing for performance, which we might be doing because of the Lunar New Year season. Um, but mostly like the Dragon Dance, we mostly perform at the Cleveland Asian Festival, One World mm. Day, um, things like that. The larger events, especially where there's more, or the night markets, where there's more area to perform since it's, it, you know, our, the Dragon that we use is like nine, it's a nine person um, dragon. So you need at least, you know, 30 to 50 feet wide for it to get the full effect of this dragon. You couldn't do this in a small library or something. Right. <laughs> we can do it uh, uh, once we, uh, the, our OCA Asian Town Boys uh, 
uh, Facebook page, we can post the video links once we are, you know, talk what we talk about here, so people can actually watch it and have an idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah. There's some videos oh. out there about the okay. dragon dance. Now, for me as a new person coming in, uh, if I took that eight-week course, would I be working toward eventually doing a public performance with the group? Yeah. So, well, the how it works is. Um, you know, to perform would be based on seniority and how, how much practice you got, you got in, you know. So, to, so you know, it's good for us to have more team members practice. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, people can't make it. So it's good to have more people than the nine persons. And then we would take, you know, the most senior people you know, there's a point system where you earn points for practice, earn points for performances, and then right. that's how we would schedule, you know, who's performing based upon how much practice they've had, which makes that's sense because, if, you know, you've got to work with the team in order to, you know, perform. Because we like to add new moves after mm. each performance, so you have to, like, keep up with that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I wouldn't be thrown into a public performance by week two. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like jump in. You're you're at the front of the line. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you could be the head. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. Oh no. <laughs> That's very labor intensive. That's quite heavy, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dragon that dance will be two minutes, uh, thanks to Ken <laughs> not being able to lead you. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Yeah, it it does sound like a good time. Um it, like I, I have seen, uh, I, I have seen dragon dance performances. Now that you've uh, mentioned what the differences are, like where they're like longer trains of people um, uh, with with one with one dragon head, and it does look fun. Like I, as a spectator, I thought, wow, that's pretty amazing how they can how they can kind of uh, keep that energy up for such a long period of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where have you seen um, a dragon performance? Is this. this I've seen, like yeah, the, um, man, this was so many years ago. I think when I was still a kid, but there's a Chinatown in uh, downtown Honolulu in Hawaii. And um, they did have, they, they closed down the streets and then they had a dragon dance there, like just traveling down the streets through, through Chinatown. And um, I think one of the things that we did was like you would, give an envelope of money or something like that to and you would put it into the dragon's mouth is really? that correct yeah well yeah. we've not done that and we've not seen that but oh, we, okay. for the lion for the lion they do that so that's, oh, yeah, that's I'm traditionally up. what they do yeah see <laughs> a lot of people do that so yeah the, the dragon the same... has a has a ball has a fireball mouth mouth open so i don't think you can uh, catch anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas the lion, um, yeah. So you'll you'll probably get to see that you know once the season starts up. So mm -hmm. the lion's a two-person um, puppet animal, right? And it goes around. Um, a, typically a restaurant because a lot of restaurants, you know, they like to scare away the evil spirits, and so then you know, to you know, bring luck to their restaurant or their business. So a lot of stores do this. Um, so the the lion would like go through um, the dining room where um, all the people are, and they would collect red envelopes because it's lucky. It's good luck to the person who gives the red envelope, you know, to the right. lion who feeds the lion. Okay. Um, so and then so the lion does their part. Okay, and if you're feeding the dragon, then that that doesn't mean the same thing. No, you don't I, I don't the think dragon. that you don't see the dragon. You can't possibly. I don't think you can see the dragon. Yeah. Okay. That's what to say. <laughs> so you see, you'll probably, yeah, you'll right. see. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I, I've been feeding the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that's good to know. That's uh, that, that's a major difference there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Certainly, we'll uh, we'll keep in touch with that and and see when when the info might come out. Do you know uh, maybe a range of time when that might start up? 
the uh, the dragon dance like sometime uh, next month or yeah, next week or two oh okay so it could be yeah. starting up soon yeah because it would have to be before the lunar new year season ah, right. okay so. yeah and i think um we usually we usually if weather pending um we usually do the st patrick's day parade well lunar new year events st patrick's day parade cleveland nation festival one world day those are like the key ones that, that we typically do um and sometimes we get requests um in other areas in schools or um, right places okay now um i'm not sure how much time we have left but do we, we have we don't have any more time so. <laughs> oh okay well we'll have to uh talk more about the the healthy eating aspect of this at a, at a later time at another episode so to our listeners out there you'll be treated to uh, some music at the end thank you for listening to the oca asia town voice uh once again your hosts are ken uehara uh, ghost host johnny Wu, and lisa wong bye everybody and happy new year Happy New Year. Thank you.